Hiya, kids. Here's an important message from your Uncle Bill. Don't buy drugs. Become a pop star and they give you them for free. And I do believe uh, it's a commercial break. And welcome to What is Love Actually with Beth Amon and Patrick Flynn. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And this is the podcast where we try to discover just what the 2003 Christmas romantic comedy Love Actually is. By taking it apart. And putting it back together again. Who's to say? Well, these people are to say. We're to say. We are to say. We are to say. And we have two other people who are here to say. Uh, And I'm going to let Beth introduce them uh, right now. Have the wonderful power couple of DC, Melinda and John Markland with us. Thank you guys. Of all DC. Of Of all all DC. DC. You heard it here. And Laurel, where you live. And Laurel, Maryland. Don't dox them on the podcast. They're the reigning couple of like the DMV (laughs) area. And who knows where Laurel is. Specialization in Laurel. Who can say where Laurel is? Elton John would definitely invite us to a party. He would. (laughs) If he was in Laurel. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he did a show in Laurel. Yes. He did a show in Laurel. If you got a Christmas number one. Right. Which is what we're here to talk about. The story of Billy Mac and Joe. Whose name I only just recently learned. And I, yep. Joe. Yeah. And I only knew it because I looked it up to write the title for the <laughs> shared document that we have on this episode. I'm like, Billy Mac and his manager. He must have a name. He's just a oh, man. Joe. He it's is just, he's just a he's man. He's just a guy. It's also a guy. Last name. The ugliest man in Britain. What does he call him at certain points? He calls him like my chubby manager, right. my old. Tubs. I hate it. Tubs. Yeah, oh, I, he's so mean to him, and he's not a bad-looking guy. No, Joe. No. Joe. Okay, so I, I we when we rewatched the movie, John and I, like I made a comment about Hugh Grant's blue eyes because I said I forgot how blue Hugh Grant's mm-hmm. eyes are. Everyone, look at Joe's eyes. Joe's eyes are similarly blue. He is a he is a good looking man he's not fat there's actually there's a lot in this movie where people are body shamed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. flagrantly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's awful it's really bad this has not aged well oh yeah um but joe's eyes are gorgeous and i i was i was saying i think he would be a good candidate for a queer eye yes he would be yeah well, before we jump into now that we're all very excited about yes. how gorgeous Joe is, <laughs> Joe's the is. best looking man. Would you mind giving us <laughs> the whole movie? That really escalated. Not, very not Andrew Lincoln, <laughs> not Hugh Grant. Nope. Joe. Joe's <laughs> the best looking man. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Well, I love the assertion. I, I love yeah. the confidence. Would you give us a summary of Joe and uh, Billy Mac's story? Okay. Well, I mean, um, uh, what the very first scene in the movie after the airport um, is uh, Joe and Billy Mack doing the first recording the first of recording. the song. Yeah. So basically, the story of them is Billy Mack is a old pop star. He used to be famous, we presume. I think he was very famous at yes. some point. It's, it's unclear, right. but I think that I, that's my assumption. And he had a bit of a problem with the drugs and the wild lifestyle and he probably fell out of good graces somehow. So he's trying to make a comeback with this British number one hit with the help of his manager. 
Joe. Joe. The best. We now know. Now we now know. The best looking man. In Britain. Right. In love, actually. Of all. They they do a few like promotional tours where he kind of says things that are a little risque. They're not really that bad. I don't think. They're cheeky. They're cheeky. He's He's definitely Well, he's just very honest about what's. And he says going a, on. Yeah, and he yeah. says a lot of cusses. Yeah, he so does. they're trying. Yeah. He's trying to create the Christmas says number a lot one. Of cusses. <laughs> yeah, he's he says an awful. He uses salty language. He is full of cusses. He's so yes. salty, um, which you can kind of do in England. Yeah, more than you can do here, yeah. like on the radio and on television. If it's on after a certain time of day, it's like you know whatever. You the can children sort of, go to bed. At yeah, this sometimes time. casually they'll never swear know what happens after nine p.m. They do seem to cut away from him pretty quickly when he does these things, though. So I don't know if they're cut to black. Like there's no. not a like like in in this country if on a TV show he said some of the things he'd said about Blue the boy band right <laughs> they would there'd be a scene in the control room where they cut the feed but like yes. in Britain it's a little bit more like let's mm, let him let's, let's, slow it down. let's see the if way, he can redeem himself yeah I have like a, a paragraph of notes on that scene on, oh uh, on Blue we'll go on back blue. we'll get back right. to it but so he does put all it, these promotional put it put a post it on that <laughs> put a pin in that yeah a little asterisk um so he does all these all these tours and and. And it seems unlikely that this that right. this corny corny number um, is gonna is gonna be the number one hit song, but then lo and behold, it is. And so then they have like a celebratory evening. Mm-hmm. He gets invited to Elton John's party. We're gonna put another post it. Yeah, there. I'd like to put a post it on that as well. I have opinions. He gets invited to Elton John's party. Billy Mac does. Joe looks at him. With an expression that I can't quite read. I think it's like pride and a little bit of sadness is what we're supposed mm-hmm. to think. It's like watching your baby bird fly, yeah. but yeah. knowing mm-hmm. he'll never fly back. But he's like, we did this. Right. And I don't know that Joe really wants to go to that party anyway. Anyway, so then at the end of their little storyline, Joe is sitting at home at his apartment, which is a shrine to Billy Mac. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And also much smaller than I would expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Billy Mac comes in and surprises him and basically it says he says, you know, he was at this party and he realized that Christmas is the time to be with people you love. And he looked at this party and I guess he said, I don't love any of these people. Who do I love? Who should I be with? Mm. And it's Joe. And it's Joe. Old yeah. blue eyes. Old, Old blue, blue eyes. Which <laughs> <laughs> is how he shall be referred to henceforth as Old Blue Eyes. And that's it. So like I guess yeah. it's kind of like a it's like a touching moment is brought into kind of an un- I mean, a very unlikely touching moment mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from this film, and uh, I I remember. So I I was trying to think of when I watched this first. Yeah, when yeah, did that you would be both our first question. When did you guys first see the movie? I I definitely saw it in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I I think about any time I like went to see a movie during this time, I try to remember my experience of watching the film, and it's basically very base level like I, I i i saw it and i think i was like that was great that was fun because i think i just did it as a social sure outing so it was probably you know i thought it was a fine movie and you know i have the dvd of it and i it, it didn't change my world like it didn't it didn't rock my world this or movie my life. didn't shift your entire no life. which is which is apparent this is strange so i can i can be annoyingly diplomatic i think sometimes. <laughs> like, i don't have a lot of strong opinions Except for saying Joe is the best looking. I was going to say you've, you've expressed a few strong opinions. <laughs> my my strong down. opinions are random and odd, but you know, for the big things, I'm t- I tend to be like, I think love actually is fine. Mm-hmm. I and and I purposely also like, you know, I, I after when we were watching it, I, I was thinking there's got to be a lot of opinions 
on this movie. Oh, there are. And so, but I didn't read any because I, I was like, I'm not going to read them, but let me just do a quick Google search. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of think pieces yeah. about why this is the best or worst movie. And I was like, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. There are parts that work, parts that did not age well and didn't mm-hmm. work in the first place. Yeah. So, John, when's the first time you watched this film? Well, we were dating. Um, I think you, uh, we were just hanging out. And you showed it to me one evening. I Yeah, I, I said, I must have been one of these things where you must have said, I've never seen it before. And I was probably like, oh, this is the only DVD I own. Right. <laughs> Let's watch it. Well, so. that and Waking Ned Divine, most likely. Oh, yeah, I had that. I have that DVD as well. I love Waking Ned Divine. I like that these are your two DVDs. Oh, have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> no. Oh, it's a good movie. Well, that's musical. a whole other podcast. Good music. That and the Great Muppet that, Caper, yeah. I think you had on DVD. <laughs> yeah, right. the Great Muppet Caper. Well, that, that makes they... so much sense for who I know you to be as a human. <laughs> They're the only films I've seen. <laughs> so you saw it for the first time you were in your teen, um, 20s? Like, 20s. 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 Okay. College, I guess. Because when did it come out? Was 2003. It 2003. Yeah, I was in college. Okay. That was uh, mid twenties. You were probably um, you were just out of college. Late twenties, huh? maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and you thought, Joe, your reaction was when you saw it for the first time. Most Did you beautiful pretend man to like alive. It? Right. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I, um, I can just fall in those eyes. I feel like I've now regained, not regained, I've gained an appreciation for him because honestly, I also I learned his name was Joe right. recently, and I also realized he was Scottish, which I missed. Oh, that's right. Through oh, yes, uh, most of the film. So right. what is? And un- now I know he has deep blue eyes like an right. ocean. So well, I found it unfortunate. I was I was kind of clocking while watching the movie like how many lines he has, and it's. Around twelve. I, I was really struck by how short it yeah. was. It's I was like, really just like, yeah, it's just in the teens minutes. Like, yeah, I don't how many I'm like minutes. pulling it out to see, like, okay, I gotta like devote some time to watch this. And it's like fourteen minutes. All right, I got yeah, plenty I got of time plenty for time that. To watch this. Yeah, yeah, that was really for a storyline that I remember very clearly what happens like if you'd if you'd asked me before we started doing this to summarize each one i think i would have gotten each scene of joe billy mac story oh pretty yeah. exact it was like he does this and then he goes there and then this happens and then it's over and it's a pretty like mm-hmm. but it's so short compared to the rest well of when the we were watching this i i paused the movie and i said to john i said we are fortunate that we have this storyline because i can follow it i know exactly <laughs> what happens i was i my head was spinning watching the rest of these i said if we were trying to track these other storylines and who knows who? Mm-hmm. Well, and they yeah, all be like, I can't do the podcast. It is the only one that doesn't literally cross over with any other story. Like no, you see the way it, he interacts bleeds you into see his song playing. Right. Yeah. I will argue though. I oh, think okay. it's the most consequential of the storylines because it affects uh, through either oh, coincidence or maybe some supernatural power. It oh, it affects affects the whole nation. So many of it the other stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. I, I'd like I, to hear more about this supernatural effect. Oh. Well, because you're talking, I assume, about the child in yes. the supernatural one. Yeah. The boy. The boy, because the, what's his name? Liam Neeson's child? Yes, we didn't watch that for this part, so I forget what his name was. The boy, but Sam. Sam, yeah. there we go. Sam uh, sees the video. He does see the video. And that inspires him to become He wants to be a musician. rock star, because that's how he that's gets how all the girls. I did not take that away from that moment. <laughs> what I took away from that moment was that child should not be watching this music video. That is true. Yes, that is, that is playing to an entire street of people walking yeah, by. They're not mutually exclusive, though, those two ideas. Uh, but yes, that is that is absolutely That was true. one of my notes of like, oh God, that should not have, this is the most like crass storyline <laughs> because they're letting the child see this music video. This it's just fun. out on the street. Well, and then he sees it again. He gets to see his naked performance mm-hmm. on TV at mm-hmm. the airport. Oh my God. Which, which by the way, then. I have a page yeah. of notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that little part. 
so yeah, I guess I should explain in case people forgot because I had forgotten about this part of the this the is like the one bet? thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that he said if it gets to be number one, I'll I'll perform naked on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Right. I had forgotten about that, and I said, oh, so I guess that probably people were like, you know, it's kind of like a dare, so that probably right. helped with the, mm-hmm. with the promo. But I had for I had forgotten about that, and then we were watching it last night, and the part where he drops his trousers yes. is it yeah. a close up. I paused it. I said, John, rewind it. John, rewind it. John, rewind it. Because I was like... Melinda's Zapruder film. This is my Zapruder <laughs> film. Is these, this, Back this, and to the left. This, this pants drop. I watched it several times and finally I said, okay, just one more time. Because we have, <laughs> yeah, we, have to, we have to move on. This, <laughs> to this movie, there's more minutes in this film. I have to get through them. But I, oh but I was like, I think we can kind of see... A lot, like, like oh really? You, uh, I, For a split second, you I see said, Billy Sack. <gasps> oh. It's not just wow. Yeah, you, you see a little scrotes. Uh, oh wow, a little scrotes. I think, I think. <laughs> and then I was, and then we we'll like, need to get the high definition. And that, and the then movie. it turned into. Scan it frame do you by think frame. that's Bill Nye, or do you think that's someone else? I think it's a hundred percent Bill Nye. If it's like, yeah, <laughs> if it's up and and in also there. I was trying to figure. It, I mean, he truly, truly, I, I kind of want to again i have to stop myself from going back and obsessing over this because also i said i also don't understand how this pants ripped off work how do they rip off yeah i the other thing about this that makes me a little cranky is it's a it's a slight continuity error because he says on the show and i'm sure you can rationalize this with like oh it's scheduling whatever but he says i'll do it on christmas eve and then that is not christmas eve anymore it's not christmas eve when they're running to the airport i don't think so i think it is i thought it was it must be very late then because he leaves elton's party in his storyline he leaves elton's party he comes to joe's house they have a beautiful moment and then they sit down oh but that isn't christmas eve Wait, what day is that? Though? That is well, because of the UK number ones. Oh my gosh! Now we're getting into the podcast that we all listen to. Um, I believe that the UK number one single for Christmas is was announced. I mean, it's announced on whatever day of the week they announced that, so that would have been Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it's but not they never on tell you Christmas. what day. Yeah, okay. so it's not on Christmas Eve where Maybe the single it's like gets. The, week of Christmas. the way I, I observed yeah. that moment was this was Christmas Eve, and now he has a Christmas. Why would Elton John have ever, a party that night? They don't ever. Well, that's yes. There, oh, yeah, and that's there my are a few. There are a few moments of mu- movie mm-hmm. magic oh, in this movie in general, sure. and this one that specific. But like is these one. are the parts that bother my organized brain. Can sure. we talk about no. the Elton John party? Sure. Yes. I wrote a note that specifically said Elton John would not have half naked women. Yeah. At his party. So here's my theory. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Again, With their mouths maybe, open, maybe which because is one of the grossest things I've ever heard yeah. of a man say in my life. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm serious here. I left Elton's where there were a hefty number of half naked chicks with their mouths open in order to hang out with you. It's not great. <laughs> it's not it's great. It's not great. It's not great. But I, I think... also just don't think that would happen at Elton's party. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, who knows? So here's, here's my theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think that party was real. I don't think it happened, and I don't think he was invited. Here's what I think Billy Mac did. Oh my gosh! I think so. In the movie, you did Zapruder film this segment, didn't you? <laughs> Not as much as the pants drop, but I have thought about this quite a bit. This was to distract myself from the pants from drop. The I was like, think right. about something, something else to focus on. I was like, think Fair. about something that matters. Right. Um, but so they're not Elton John at a party. <laughs> I think I think he had that woman who because it's weird. It's a woman comes over. And she's like, Billy, someone's on the phone, and, and it's like right. it's she's very... like she's like it's Elton, and he's like, hello, Elton. Okay. Right. Sure, I'm going. Because there's just I I think he asked her to do that. 
I this is where the deleted scene comes into play. Mm. Oh, there's a deleted scene. There's Uh a deleted scene. It's very short. We can watch it if you want to. It's really almost not even worth watching. Well, I I wrote down quotes from it. Yeah, they walk into it's like the first time you see Billy and Joe. They're in like this recording meeting room, and they're going to meet with the label. Yeah, and Joe is saying to him like, "You have to behave. Like, be a team player. This is how we're going to keep you on the label." And And they're basically asking for more money to promote the single to make sure it gets to be number one. But the team walks in and one of the people is that girl who hands him the phone and Billy looks at her and goes which one of you fuckers said you'd throw me off the label if the song wasn't a hit and like stares directly at her her. well he also like it's it's actually very funny because the first thing that happens is they walk in of course they're all 12 years old as he says and (laughs) uh Joe knows all their names and says hello whatever their names are and then Bill because Joe is the best person Joe's in the, the movie. best person. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Mac intentionally, probably, gets all their names wrong, but only just a little bit. You know? Like, oh, he, he's off he's by, like, purpose. one... Le- and he's definitely doing it. It's, like, that he got it's yeah. like when he's with Ant and Deck, and one of them right. says something to him, he's like... Uh, Billy, I understand you've got a prize for our competition winners. Yes, I have, Ant or Deck. It's a, it's a personalized felt-tip pen. When the movie started... And the voiceover happened, and it cuts straight to the corny, I feel it in my mm-hmm. finger song. Mm-hmm. I turned to John, I said, I think this movie hates itself. Because, you know, he says that thing where he's like, love actually is all around. And right. then it, it's like cornball, cornball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I was like, ooh, ooh. But I think the movie hates Christmas. <laughs> is well, what I changed it to by it, the end. Like, I, I was like, oh, I think it just hates Christmas. I, I kind of, at best, what he's doing in that moment is being like, this is super corny, and so I'm immediately going to go like, Really, really corny, corny and like jokey corny yeah to do it. okay because like oh yeah we can't get so corny so quickly because there's so much corny to come oh um, yeah there's this review that was from like 2003 when it came out and it said the movie is a giant box of holiday chocolates a few of them bittersweet but most of them densely nougaty with love songs poured into the gaps like treacle it's terrific fun for an hour but by the last of its 129 minutes you yeah. find yourself going into insulin shock and this is definitely like the nougaty bit yeah 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 i like that sentence like that's a good sentence that billy good. mac is the nougat in is the, the nougat, center of the yeah. film well the guy in the podcast we listen to which is we keep referring to is the hit parade podcast which if you don't listen to it it's one of my favorites um all about christmas number ones talks about says it's the funniest part of the movie like i think it is unabashed. i think it's the funniest part i of the completely movie? agree I okay it's the only line where the characterizations the the performances and the writing all sort of works together and I guess all the segments until the last one it also are just, just funny. Like yes. there's not like they're just Billy Mac walks into a room, yeah. ruins everything, yes. and mm-hmm. walks out again. Yeah, like so. It yeah. also to me just feels like the most low stakes storyline. Yes, it but is. Like yes, you're fighting to win this like very intense Christmas number one hit song, but, but it doesn't matter if he it doesn't, doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, and also you know I. It is the most uncomplicatedly funny one because because other yes. other segments right, have, have funny so moments, yeah. mm-hmm. but they give you a stomach ache. Yeah, <laughs> because there's something devastating happening. Right. I, I I think I said what did I say the movie should be called instead of Love Actually? I, what was it? Oh, I think I wrote it down. I wrote. <laughs> yeah, it should be called Me- Meat Cutes and Devastation. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Because I was like, love actually. No, no. Meet no, Cutes and meet Devastation. Meet and Devastation. I like that. And there's a lot of both of those. There's a lot of both of those. But yeah. not in the... Yeah, but this. you're right. This story is completely 
devoid, devoid of, of yeah. any and like as best said with the stakes there's no chance for anything to go yeah truly i mean the worst well actually the stakes sort of are the highest for joe yeah because he, like financially i guess I, yeah well billy mac doesn't care well, looking at his apartment that's fine he, obviously he I, I don't think that's well. as small as you think it is because there's an upstairs section i, I think took it's that as like that was the the common open the front door with the buzzer and then go upstairs to the apartment because he had like oh do they go upstairs yeah oh they do go upstairs so, like, that that was all like this home. yeah and like why would you have all of yeah. your i don't know like looking at the apartment i was looking around like is this like all of well because it's been his he's been his manager forever he, he implies like yeah. yeah pretty much since the beginning and like he seems to be his only client and we, we were we were talking this morning about how we were kind of we're desperate for a behind the music episode about billy mack oh my god because i want to know how bad it got I said, I was a heroin yeah, addict. Yeah, you know I was like, that. it was probably yeah. horrible. Yeah. And it was like, so I was like, I kind of want to know that so I can see how, I said, if it You was, want the redemption story. Yeah, the, yeah, worse, yeah. the worse it was back then. Because like I said, I was like, Billy Mac is a little cheeky now and he's a little controversial and, mm. and you know, but I was like, but he's not horrible. He's not doing. Well, they call him at one point the bad granddad yeah. of rock. And that to me is like. Oh, he's like redeemed himself. Now he's like wearing a sweater. Yeah. Sometimes. He's not eating. He's not eating glass. I, I, I wrote down that notes. there's a parallel between him and Iggy Pop, yeah. where Iggy Pop oh. was like th- one of the most controversial people yeah, in music absolutely. for a long time, um, doing outlandish things that if somebody did that today, they'd be in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of seen seen as like this charming, uh, if weird and outlandish kind of personality nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, it is true. And if you, I mean, it's the quote from, what is it, the movie? Is it from Chinatown? And pardon my language for a second. Politicians, ugly buildings, and whores all get respectable if they last long enough. Yeah. I mean, it's this thing of like, if you get to be old in rock and roll, you do kind of gain this sort of elder statesman status. Where people are like, oh, that Simply was all. by virtue of the fact that you live. Exactly you right. You survive. Yeah, you survive. Yeah, you survive. Yeah. And you, and if you, we also have to have what he has in this movie, which is a good sense of humor. Oh, like yeah. you have He's to be like, funny. oh, this is like this is all whatever. But like it the is. the parallels between what Billy they Mac kind of is look doing similar on, too, yeah. a little bit. Um, at, like the the floral shirts, the, yeah, the hair, um, rail thin. Did you watch thin. when Iggy Pop made an appearance on American? One Idol? One of my favorite oh, no. television no. moments I've ever seen. I highly tell us yes. about this moment. Describe it in every detail. <laughs> I highly recommend looking it up. Sure. It's definitely it's got to be on YouTube somewhere. Sure, but there's um, I I, I can't even remember why I had American Idol on. You on were the with TV. me. We were watching. It. <laughs> we were watching. It. So I, I I was trying to figure out. I have to look this up, and I might be wrong. This might be this might be actually fake inaccurate. Right. News. Okay. I think it was the season that Scotty McCreary won. Who? No clue. Who was like yeah. this old? Correct. Oh, what is he, he was actually really young, but he's like the a, two Davids was the last one I can like say I that I followed. Watching. I didn't watch Ribbon. it. I just knew that was happening. I, was I like, think. Oh, two but guys I think I was David. watching. I was watching American Idol because I couldn't believe this know. guy. Scotty McCreary was doing so well. He was young. He kind of looked like the guy from Mad Magazine. Um, Alfred E. Newman. Alfred E. Well. Newman. And he had a really low, low voice. And he's a country did, and he singer. country singer. So he's charming. So that's the thing. I think he's oh, probably okay. appealing. Oh, okay. No, I kind of, yes. I kind of I think of he was appealing to people, this, but sure. I was I was really surprised that he was doing so oh, well. He is a child. Yeah, he was, and he was a baby. Like, he looked like a child, like a baby on American so, Idol. I, I, so I remember. Yeah, so I was watching this, and, and, you know, I was like, I got to see if Scotty McCreary makes it through again. I said, he's doing so well. And I remember, it's on the TV in the background. I can't remember what I was doing. I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. And then they mentioned something about. Yeah, Iggy Pop will and be. And was like, what? My head like 
spun around. I'm like, oh, I have to see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember John being like, did they just say what I think they said? And I was like, yeah, I do pop. So what did he do? He came out and he uh, obviously shirtless, shirtless from the start. Of course. Um, very brown, <laughs> very tan, leathery, leathery skin. Yep. Um, doing his weird, his weird gyrations, right. his uh, like bleach blonde hair. Did he have peanut butter on it, or is that? Like... Um, no, okay. but he. Uh, I think his song was he did Wild One. I think it was Wild One, yeah. Wild okay. One, and he's gyrating on the stage sure. in pants that are so far Ryan, too tight for someone his Ryan age. Ryan Seacrest did not know what to do. <laughs> And, and again, I think this was Scotty McCreary time. And so people were like, we love this Scotty McCreary. They're and looking for this wholesome all farm the, boy. Right. And all the yeah, tweens are tuning in and it's, sure. uh, and, it's this, and it's Leatherman. And, just he, like, you know, and somehow he's looking older. Like he, he looks older than time. You right. Know, in he a does. Way, because and has for many years. Yeah. He's, he's, yes. He's got mythical kind of hair. He does. Yeah. And he's. Uh, he, <laughs> he was he, living his best life on that American Idol stage. Great. Hey. And I was like, I think Iggy Pop just broke American Idol. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking at um, just trying to figure out yeah, to put some, that's Iggy Pop, some right. visions to this. Uh, yeah. And there is a line just in the little Google search that says, and then he dry humped Jennifer Lopez. Yes. yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. And it's that same kind of uh, doesn't give a shit attitude. Sure. That I, I feel like um, <laughs> Bill Nye was kind of channeling, channeling with Billy yeah. Mac. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, but I, cheeky and just like um, you know, not not really in like a harmful kind of way, just like just having so much fun with it. And yeah, the movie's much is so much more fun because of that. Well, it's a question. Like I, my big question watching this critically, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say. I don't really, know if we this can fourteen minute section of, of the film, like analyzing it from a you know a visual literacy standpoint, um, <laughs> was thinking about what. Because clearly this was not like his strategy to get this thing to number one was simply like I can't, I can't play the game because I won't win. No, we have so to I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna be me, and that's the that's the best chance I have, and just say like weird and outlandish things and get publicity that way, and it clearly works. He also he didn't, he, but he clearly didn't clear it with Joe. No, so they're on Radio Watford. Which is my, f- which is a great joke. I think you texted me about this last yeah. night, where the one radio DJ teases it. That was the Christmas effort by the once great Billy Mack. Oh dear me, how are the mighty fallen? I could safely put my hand up my ass and say that is the worst record I've heard this century. Oh, and coincidentally, I believe Billy will be a guest on my friend Mike's show in a few minutes' time. Welcome back, Bill. No! Uh, yeah. And so he goes on Radio Watford, and he uh, he just basically tells the truth and gets. And I kind of wonder though when he decided to go nuts with it because the guy does the DJ thanks him. Thanks for that, Bill. For what? Well, for actually giving a real answer to a question. It doesn't often happen here at Radio Watford. I can tell you. Ask me anything you like. I'll tell you the truth. The best shag you ever had. Britney Spears. Wow. No, only kidding. <laughs> She was rubbish. I remember seeing that in the theater and hearing that joke. That joke got a gasp and then a laugh on the she was rubbish. Like, that was the one where it was like, no, I'm only pulling you. Like, because there was this thing right. about Britney Spears that, per- I don't know how long this, my memory, like, of the timeline of it, but, like, there was this virginal aspect to Britney Spears. And very early. Yeah. And, like. Oh, yeah, like schoolgirl. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, like, yeah. and, like, naughty. But, like, one of her big things being that, like, one of the publicity machine things being that, like, she was a virgin. Like, that was somewhere in the. Re- and so him saying Britney Spears in that moment was, like, 
Yeah, was a gasper. It was of all because he's clearly lying, but it's like of all the things to say, like that's that's crazy. And now it's like I mean, she's a mother, like yeah. like all that has. Yeah. And she's her career has gone to so many interesting places, and she's come back passed. I'm again. not a girl, not right. a woman. Yes, absolutely. Leave Britney alone. <laughs> but the uh, I just wonder how that joke. She's obviously also somebody people still know. Like the, it's not like he said. I can't pull a pop star who nobody saw Tiffany out of my head. Who like people would be like, who is that exactly? But like, he has that joke aged at all in the like. Well, she'd be she'd be twenty two at this point because I wrote down a note that was like, how old would Britney Spears yeah, she was my at this age. point? Yeah, yeah. And so she would have been twenty two. So she's over eighteen. So it's, yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's not. It's not super gross. It's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. Which is sort of where he lives. He well, lives that, in that the is kind Billy of Mac. Gross. He's Billy kind Mac. of gross. Kind of That's gross. the thing. I was happy with. I don't. I don't think that joke has aged particularly well. However, I think if the fictional Billy Mac went on a t- on a, re- a radio show and said the same thing today, you'd be like, yeah, same, like probably much same reaction because it's just just shock shock value. I think he's just trying to go yeah. for shock value. Just trying to be um, funny. It is also one of those moments, though, in the like, in the movie as a whole, where I mean, this is obviously there's no women in this part of the movie no. <laughs> at all. Well, um, just playing in the Santa just, outfits, right? Just yes, that's true. Our sexy Santa there are band. No, <laughs> from a Bechdel test standpoint, there are no yeah. named female characters in this part of the movie, um, and so all the conversations about women got grosser to me when I watched it by itself in the context of the movie as a whole mm-hmm. it true. felt very average it felt very like oh this well, also, is just... yeah actually their last interaction is at that airport where he's he where right it's a different girl where, where Joe's like hello Daisy you never this one's Greta hello Greta hello, she's, she's, hello she's, she's unfazed she's unfazed well that and, yeah I really forget I mean we've watched I've watched the movie as a whole I've watched these segments and like the parade of misogyny is what that scene should be called—the <laughs> misogyny parade. Because it really is. It's just like yeah. meet cutes, disasters, <laughs> and a parade of misogyny. And a parade of misogyny. Because yeah, it really is like all these people getting off this plane. It's bad. It's bad <laughs> all, the all the way down, and it just makes me go. Like it yeah. doesn't end. It doesn't end. The movie I don't doesn't, feel good. The movie no longer ends with the feeling I'm supposed to be getting, which I got at the time. I'm like, look, all these people are happy, or they're wherever they are. You know, some are bittersweet. Well, you feel good fine. when you see the random people that we don't know. Like, they right? Show the clip that of does. Real people. That does mm-hmm. still make mm-hmm. me feel good. But I gotta yeah. say, the all, opening and closing is really, really. Yeah. Good. yeah. All, all of the men basically show up in that scene, showing off their girlfriends as trophies. But it, it's enjoyable. I, I feel it's enjoyable because you. You know, it, that character is kind of having the time of his life, and it really looks like Bill Nye is having the time yeah, of I his mean, life yes. playing him. It is one of those performances that lives and dies on its its actor, because Bill Nye is charming well, as hell. Well, I, I, I was thinking about it, and I don't, I don't think this storyline would work with two other actors. I think it would just completely fall to the wayside. I think the, mm-hmm. I think the other storylines in this movie, you could even interchange people in the movie and switch roles. <laughs> But like, yeah. I, and 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 I might not notice because I'd be like, wait, wasn't Colin Firth? A lot of haircuts and turtlenecks. The, you know? the man whose wife cheated on. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, why is he the prime minister now? <laughs> well, I mean, Colin and, Firth and, suddenly, and Hugh Grant yeah. are kind of interchangeable. They are. And Hugh Grant is One's like in love taller. with a Portuguese woman, and yeah. he's like, wait, how did I get? How did I get right? <laughs> charmingly. Also, before. another Colin Firth movie where he struggles speaking with, with someone. Yeah, he's always he's always <laughs> he's always struggling with language. That Colin Firth. <laughs> They put him off to be this but very yeah, no, proper I don't, English I don't man. Think, he can't speak anything. I don't think 
that Billy Mac and Joe would work with any other human being because it would just be kind of. I think Bill Knight. I see what you mean, though. Brings yeah. so much to it. Yeah. Because I, I was, I was, I was watching him. You know, from from an from an acting standpoint, and mm-hmm. I'm you're just watching Bill Knight perform. I noticed something about him that he does. He's kind of twitchy, and he does facial expressions that you don't quite expect. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of things physically that are unusual, like almost kind of like he. I, and his I don't, mannerisms his are mannerisms very, are like, strange. strung out rock star. And it works yeah. so well for him. You know, because I was thinking if I was on film and I was making some of these physical choices that he's making, the director would be like, cut, what are Please you stop. doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what in the world is happening? And, and you, like, my, my favorite is watching him in the scene where he comes back to Joe's apartment. When he walks in, I, I, I made... I made. Oh, yeah. And he's like... And touching he, stuff he's and touching like things. yeah he's looking kinda, at himself he's like and, kicking yeah. his leg he's you know he's looking at every single thing in the room like somebody like he's distracted or you know yeah. and mm-hmm. and and I and I, I think it's because he's obviously he's uncomfortable because yeah. he's being sincere. Also, he may or may not have lied about a party that he did not go to. Conspiracy theory. That's out there. It's just it's persisting here. Yeah, you're the Jim um, Garrison of this film. It's fantastic. <laughs> yes. I'm here for it. But like, I just, I just love that. And I said, what an unusual. I said, I think a lot of people wouldn't be able to get away with this. And I actually, I love it when you can see something in a movie where people do something. I said, oh, that's what people do. Because when somebody mm-hmm. is uncomfortable, they're like, I'm gonna touch everything in the room. I'm gonna. He's not making a lot of. Contact. I'm not gonna and and, yeah. and I'm not gonna be particularly eloquent. You know, it's yeah. it, you know, it's kind of staggered speed. It's not like I'm gonna look you right in the eye and I'm gonna say exactly right. what I feel right now. Right. Like that yeah. hardly ever happens in real life. Usually people kind of bounce movies around. Movies all the time. It happens in movies all the time. But it is like it's it's actually kind of very basic acting class stuff where it's sure. like the character with the power isn't moving. Yes. He's just standing, like Joe is just standing there listening, mm-hmm. which is yeah. what he's been doing the whole movie. He's just standing he's, and like watching Which is how I did not realize he was Scottish. Right. He stands and he listens. Or in the case of this scene, he was interrupted. He was drinking a bottle of champagne, and I'm pretty sure he took a charcuterie plate from that party. <laughs> oh, nice. That'd be I would cool. have done the same. I would have done the same. He's having sure. a great time. He is. He's having, Well, he's doing his thing. This is what he does. Well, and that's, it, yeah. that's another question. You know, I think the movie, because I'm always wondering, I was like, what is the movie wanting me to think? Because usually I don't think what the movie wants me to think. Mm-hmm. I think the movie wants us to think that Joe is sad and alone. So Bill Nye comes back and, you know, makes him feel better. But I said... I think Joe's okay. I mean, like like I said, I, I think he could use a little self-confidence injection. I think he needs the five. He needs five. a haircut from Jonathan Van Ness. You know? A few more lines. <laughs> there is, well, he I needs think, some more lines. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, yes. I mean, sir, I think the movie wants us to sympathize with him. Yeah. In a, in a big way. I but, mean, the way he leaves that party when he kind of like. He looks kind of sad. Looks kind of sad. But also, like you said, kind of okay with it. But happy at the same time. Yeah, like it's just like, this is what it is. It, I, I, well, the thing I like about Joe is his very like. Is that moment of just like, this is my life. He's not mad about it. No. He wishes it went a little bit. He does kind of bang his head against, you know, TV well, monitors and yeah, things. Yeah, well, that's, but that's also the, the thing, too. I, I kind of yeah. wish, again, he doesn't get to vocalize in these scenes at all. Right. Strangely, where, you know, when Bill Nye is doing his promo tour, all we get is him, like, shaking his fist at the sky mm-hmm. or, I like, beating wish, his I did his wish we had stand. a scene. Between the two of them, I mean, I don't want this movie to be any longer. <laughs> it can't be any longer. We cannot. We cannot make this movie any longer. But I do wish there was a scene between the two of them where he was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Just a little, like, what? where are we? Here? Like, what yes. is the plan here? What are mm-hmm. you doing? And and for have Bill Nye just be like, 
Yes. This is what it is. Like, this is the only way this is going to work. Like, at least to get... Now, of course, if he does that... Or, he, or, get, if, or, if, or if Bill Nye was like, I'm just doing this for attention. And maybe me, if Joe yeah. was like, ah, oh, good, good call, right. good call. I kind of took away that um, since they've been together for so long, he kind of already understands what um, yeah. Billy Mac is doing. And it's just going along with it. and Which um, some of his more, like, shocked reactions to some of the things Billy Mac does kind of seemed a little odd to me. Like, he should know you what should Billy know Mac and is also about. You should, you should probably think, oh, this isn't as bad as it could have been. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this could have been so this much worse. Been way less drugs. <laughs> there is, so he didn't shoot worse. up heroin during Not the interview. Yeah. And he yeah. just wrote naughty words on and a he's poster wearing of all his boy clothes. band. <laughs> Right now, well, can we talk oh, about the blue. boy band? Blue, we absolutely. Oh yeah, that's oh, yes. John. That was a John's big post-it. I, I looked them up, and apparently they broke up like immediately after this movie. Came Wait, out. they were real? Oh, they were real? Yeah, that's a real. Pie. That's a yeah. real band. You're on the stand with your back against the wall, nowhere to run and nobody you can call. Oh no, I just can't wait. Now the case is open wide. You'll try to pray. But the jury will decide Baby, I swear I'll tell the truth About all the things you used to do From 2001 to 2004. Oh That's a little bit horrible, we actually. Missed, oh yeah. I, well, I kind of thought they would be like... I thought it was a made-up band. So not only did... It was like O-Town. And I was like, really like, that's an impressive thing. Like, he, he created a boy band, he named them Blue. Like, it's a great bad name for a band where, like... I don't think anybody would really name a band that way, I but I can be, see if it. If I were Blue's management, I would be so mad. Well, it might explain why they broke up. Well, the, <laughs> the, way, the way we see it, not only did Billy Mac crush them in the charts right england number one right he also broke them up yeah (laughs) in real life well it would i mean but that's the thing is so this is a good segue into talking about however Mm -hmm. this whole concept because this is something i did not know about until this movie came along it kind of like i did not know about it until patrick told me to pay attention to it (laughs) that the stakes of being the number one song in the uk in britain was a thing that was like months of media. I I didn't know that until I listened to the podcast that you sent. I only knew it because of this movie. I got interested in it and then found out like, oh, this is a thing. And then every year I, because I'm an Anglophile, was like check in and be like, oh, that's the number one song. Um, But it was... Yeah, it was just something I knew about, and and and, and uh, it is like it is it is one of the most British parts of this movie because I think on American audiences it's really just, especially now, but even then it was just like oh he just wants to have the number one song. I get that's a neat idea. He wants the number one song at Christmas. But well, it's like, I, I remember thinking. I didn't know about the phenomenon of the number one British hit, but you know, until I listened to this podcast, I went, "Oh, this is a big deal," and I love that because I love a scrappy competition. Yeah, we need more of those. All we have in America well, is so like let's the... make the Halloween number one a thing, <laughs> or I might go for the British number one here. I, I mean, think you, know? you should just give it a thing. But all we have in America that I can think of is like a scrappy competition is like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, <laughs> and I was like, "We got to do better, guys. We have to do better than this." We are bad. That is bad. Like We're I love, I love behind. scrappy competitions, but like I, <laughs> I, I thought, you know, I remember thinking, watching this for the first time, oh, that song would never 
actually top the charts. I said they're just doing it for the film. But until then you, when I listened to this podcast, I was going to say when you find the history, you find out what you're like, songs actually, have been this the song. One. It's said, really oh. it's one of the clever parts of the writing yeah. where he has like a genuine hit from Blue, which we don't ever know what it's called or what it's about. So it yeah. could just be one of their songs following a schlocky Christmas song, and yes. like which one's going to make. Well, also his know. line, his his pitch on one of his interviews where he says. But wouldn't it be great if number one this Christmas wasn't some smug teenager, but an old ex-heroin addict searching for a comeback at any price? All those young popsters come Christmas Day, they'll be stretched out naked with a cute bird balancing on their balls. And I'll be stuck in some dingy flat with my manager, Joe, ugliest man in the world. Fucking miserable because our fucking gamble didn't pay off. So if you believe in Father Christmas, children, like your Uncle Billy does, buy my festering turd of a record. You know, now I understand in better context. Like, thank you for sending that because I said this makes so much more sense to me now. It's what gi- and it's actually yeah. what goes with what you said, Beth, was that it gives the the sequence at stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, but even like even now intellectually understanding what's happening and like all that, I it doesn't since I'm not British, I don't have that ingrown tension for it. So I still no. don't quite like the stakes don't quite I wish yeah. I had work it. for me in the same way. But also from like researching this concept, we mm-hmm. found that the British number one hasn't really been as um uh, uh fair of a competition. Starting like right after this movie came mm-hmm. out was when Simon mm-hmm. Simon Cowell comes up again. Simon Cowell came up with X Factor and was like, We're gonna put X Factor right at the time that the Christmas yeah. number one come out and then the winner of X Factor will automatically have the popularity at the time when the Christmas number one happens and so he's like rigging it for yeah. years and years after this yeah, yeah which is makes me very sad mm-hmm. well but I loved the twist where like that guy got Rage Against the Machine to win yes in my, 2006 or whatever it was mm-hmm. yeah there's some wild winners there are some wild winners I screamed the game. researching oh, this because Bob also. the Builder Bob the Builder was number one in 2000, <laughs> 2000. and I was screaming when yeah, I yeah. read that I could not I was like, because uh, I understood this is like, wow, this like huge, wonderful Christmas thing, the spirited time, and then I see on the list Bob, Bob the, the Builder, Builder. Yep. high on the list. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> now, there. There's something I wanted to talk about. I, I don't know much about like British, um, like TV standards or like what their version of the FCC is like. Sure. But the scene in the airport where the boy is running through the airport and mm-hmm. Billy Mack is being played on. Pretty mm-hmm. much all the TVs mm-hmm. in public. Well, the, it's the, the, the Pruder film. The it's the where he drops film. his pants. Um, he turns around and there's a very close-up shot on his his crotch right. as he's ripping his pants off. Uh, camera people clearly knew that was going to happen. Right? Uh, was that live? He said he was going to perform yes. it live. So the the idea. Well, is this the Janet Jackson moment? It's it's well, that's the thing of it. So, like I said a little bit earlier, as I understand it, um, don't correct me. The uh, we can't, I so I will correct. Right. You. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, there is the, they there is this thing in broadcasting in this country too called the watershed. I don't know if you ever heard that, which is basically after 10 p.m. content can get a little looser. Ooh. Like it's the it's the agreed upon time where like the kids are in bed and Witching so like, hour. So that's why like your hard police dramas in this country and things are on at ten yeah. and not nine. Like the, and there's often out when there's often outcry when like shows are on eight or nine and they have words in them or situations as we like to say which is the greatest euphemism in the world um but in any event in britain the watershed the content gets much much can be much much harder and there is a like certain idea of like as long as we publicize what's about to happen and we say out loud like what it is you know not to watch this and it comes from the fact that they really had 
three, four television channels for about like 30 years where it was BBC one, two, three and ITV one and two. And that was pretty much it. So like, as long as it was very clear what was on and you knew like, Oh, I just won't have that channel on and we won't flip to it. You can, you can avoid it. it was so um, theoretically could have been pre-recorded. Yes. Um, it, it's, it, it gets into my, my filmmaking brain gets a little wonky at those. Cause those things that are like, supposed to be live or always shot with like too many cuts there's no way there's that no was way live. but they clearly yeah. did not cut away from it and right and they all laugh we yeah, they, they cut all away to it and everybody's watching it laugh and yeah. it distracted the guards and allowed the boy to run through the Which airport the, and meet his girl and it is that but like you talk about the magic moment yeah. of bill uh, that is the magical the, coincidences the running theme in this film of him being like like Rowan Atkinson showing up at the gate to let Sam in, mm-hmm. in the which is the which should have been Rowan Atkinson's only part of the movie, in my opinion. But anyway, the uh, no, the potpourri scene is potpourri like scene my is favorite thing. Funny. That is really funny. He, uh, but like it's one of those doesn't make other, a lot of sense. It makes but no sense. Makes I no love sense it. at all. But I love it. We'll get to it. Um, <laughs> I was about to like go on a long screen. I'm like, nope. Wrong. I know it's really hard to not talk about all of this. Different at once. episodes. A lot happens. It's in this too movie. much, actually. <laughs> It, it, but it is it is part of that like like you said how like the the, the storyline creates this moment of happenstance where it's like oh because he said he was going to be naked and because everyone knew this was happening if it made number one like these events all conspired so that the people would be looking in the wrong direction so like Sam, to the exact second yes. that allowed the boy to run, through. the boy run through so I think this is now the point in the sh- in the episode where we have to ask the question how British is this movie mm-hmm. on a scale of H to Z. We have a nine-point scale that we like to grade this on. I would say, on a scale of H to Z, that it is Harry Potter eating beans on toast. Mm. Mm. That's pretty British. I mean, the uh, the whole Christmas number one song is yeah. a very... That, that would be Aunt Mr. Deck. Bates. We have, we have Ant and Deck. We have Who Christmas number one. We're apparently real people. But the whole idea of the, the washed-up musician mm-hmm. trying to make it back again is almost universal. That's yeah. like a worldwide kind of thing. Um, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna scale it back a little bit and say this segment is Andrew Andrew Lloyd Webber doing laundry in his kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> which is also my score for this section yeah. is Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm, his, I'm his... going back to John's original score. I think that really? this is Mr. Bates serving Christmas luncheon. Wow! I think that this is such an exclusively British thing. The whole number one. The whole no- number one concept. Now I know there are real people in it. True. Like this storyline wouldn't exist in America. Mm-hmm. Because of this Christmas number one thing, so I think it's okay. I think it's Mr. Bates. So on average, the four of us gave it a Harry Potter eat, eating beans on toast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's pretty British. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, British. that's a great. Um, and then the the second uh, metric we want to judge this on is uh, how good is this segment in the Christmas story kind of way. We also have a nine point scale. I would say this is. Um... This is a tough one. <laughs> It is, right? I also had fun making this. Do you want me to go? I mean, wavering between so many different options. So I I personally, I I scored it. um, I got to look at the sheet. (laughs) Look at the number, right? Hold on. I mean, I have a comparison that's not on the list. I'm in between. That's okay. If you want to, we can kind of discover. So for me, it's a sensible Christmas film. It is a... This segment is a sensible Christmas film? Yeah, I think it's a sensible Christmas film. You disagree? I I think it's a the very basic, like, spirit of Christmas... um, it, it, it moves the character to create the change. I think the change is very sweet. I think the scene between him and Joe being the actual change. Yeah, I think it's a sensible Christmas film. Oh, what do you give it? I put this, I'm giving it a 0. 0.5 
I'm oh. putting it in between um, Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie and Horribly Sexist. Okay, that's fair. Because <laughs> <laughs> in a Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie, there is that change. There is that, like moment where you realize your mistakes and you don't go back to the big city and you go live with the shopkeeper from your hometown right uh, and discover that true love has always been next to you right but also but also he says women at the party with their mouths open <laughs> yeah. why does that make me feel so gross because it's gross <laughs> it's very gross I mean if I if I had to go with something on the list I'm kind of in the same um, the same area that is it's, there a movie you could compare it to that we could try to put on this scale? another Billy Bob Thornton reference Bad Santa oh where would Bad Santa fall on this forgot list about Bad Santa, as Bad Santa um somewhere in the in I think Bad Santa is kind of a there or do you think it's up here it's kind of a wild card I, I think you're with me I think it's a sensible Netflix Christmas movie slash sensible Christmas film because it the bad bad Santa while it is crude like this segment is at the end of the day is a pretty down the middle by yeah. the numbers Christmas it movie Christmas. it's why it's why it works because like he can be so mean and crude because at the end of the day it all lines up the way we want you it can to. be crass if you're generic and follow the formula so are you cool with um, I'm, I'm gonna lean into uh, I, I think it's a Netflix Christmas Netflix movie. okay heart mm-hmm. full Netflix okay Cool. I actually, I think I'm with Beth. I think it's a horribly sexist Hallmark and Lifetime Christmas. Movie. All right. <laughs> like I'm going to combine those two. This is going like... to get a lower score than I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where this average is going to be interesting. Hopefully, it's going to introduce a new new concept to oh, the Wait, Melinda, are you at three point five or are you? At... Yeah, three point five. Oh, three point five. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Which is funny because I do like this segment. <laughs> I know I love it too, but I think so that it is the final score actually hat. gives it. A Netflix Christmas movie is the final source. We will have to okay. round up. Yeah. That's so fair. Netflix Christmas movie. Okay. Um, I will use the half point when we do the final totals. But this gets us a, a, a Netflix <laughs> Christmas movie. So yeah, I think that's that that that's fair. sits for me. Yeah, because Netflix Christmas. Actually, movie I could see. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see this extended film being a Netflix release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Netflix takes I everything, so I'm gonna pitch it. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. What is Love Actually was produced and edited by Patrick Flynn. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Love Actually Pod. You can follow Patrick Flynn at Unknown Penguin. You can follow Beth Amon at Beth Amon13. Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can find a link to our PayPal in the show notes. I'm Beth Amon. And I'm Patrick Flynn. And remember, there was more than one lobster at the birth of Jesus. God only knows what I'd be with.